The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They are creating businesses that really add value to others, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, Inspiration for the Entrepreneurial Mind with Chris Cooper. If you're looking for ways to develop your entrepreneurial spirit while you contribute to a better world, you'll want to stay tuned for the next hour. Now, here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com and CC1Consulting.com. And it's uh, great to be back with you again uh, this week. Um, first thing I should just say is to send our best wishes to everybody on the East Coast and in the USA who've uh, struggled with this week with uh, the hurricane. Our best wishes uh, are with you. Um, today we're going to talk about um, instant rapport and applying ancient wisdom to engage with your clients and with my guest today, John Kramer. Um, but firstly, I'd just like to say thank you to my guest last week, Nick James, for his great contribution on how to do product launches well. Um, I personally am benefiting from Nick James's help, uh, and I think uh, what he has to contribute is really helpful for anybody who is trying to launch products online. Um, so over to today's show, I mean, how helpful would it be to – if you could quickly understand who you were doing business with or talking with so that you could build a, a very healthy professional relationship with them and fast. Uh, by reading physical cues, it is actually possible to assess the type of person we're speaking to and to engage with them with more, a more fruitful and easy way. Now, I'm a convert about this stuff because for many years in my own training and development, um, as I've been working with, with companies and in organizations, um, I've used people styles type models and skills to really help my clients understand themselves and others better. And indeed, it, it is a standard um, for me with all my mentoring clients and Achiever Group members that we undertake various profiles. Um, on this show, we're going to look at a unique model. It is based upon some ancient wisdom, and I'm sure our guest, uh, John Kramer, will explain that today. Um, we're going to talk about and discuss six types of people and how you can, by you know, just communicating with them, not doing profiling, you can explore how best to um, communicate with them. Now, each type responds positively, each person, to certain words and concepts, and you know, have you noticed that sometimes you might say something to someone and, and you realize that the, the words you've used have kind of repelled them? So we'll be discussing how to quickly recognize each type and how best to establish rapport with them. Now, my guest today, John Kramer, is an expert in the art of reading people um, with over 25 years of experience in the field. He's the author of a book called Reading People. It's a guide to getting great results from yourself and others by using ancient wisdom. He's worked with clients ranging from the London Metropolitan Police Force to 
um, Hewlett-Packard and HTC and Lloyd's, CSB, and even the United Nations. He's also um, particularly well-known, I think, for being absolutely brilliant at improvising. Now, I intended one of his improvisation classes a few years ago, and it was fabulous. In fact, I only actually just managed to get in as it had sold out very quickly. He's a highly experienced improvisational performer. Uh, very engaging. He's he's great with humour, stagecraft, and and role play. And I know that because I've seen him uh, in full flow firsthand. So I suggest uh, listening today with an open mind and a sense of humour. Uh, John Skills led him to being awarded the title of Speaker of the Decade by the Academy for Chief Executives. I also happen to know that he's a bit of a, a master fly fisherman. So uh, welcome to John Kramer. Thank you, Chris. Great to be here. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, congratulations uh, uh, on catching an eight-pound trout. For me, that um, puts you in the category of being a master fly fisherman in, in the English waters. So, well, I, I will accept that accolade, uh, <laughs> even though it was a well, a rather well-stocked lake. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sent me a very beautiful photo. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, so, uh, John, I mean, let's just start by thinking about you know, the problems that people might face when it comes to rapport building. What, what are the problems that you encounter in uh, people that you work with? Uh, for me, the, 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 the area that most often is overlooked is um, instead of looking at how we ourselves communicate is maybe to put a bit more attention onto who is the person that we are actually talking to. So that I find there's a, a lot of focus on communication skills in terms of how we present ourselves and not so much focus on who is the other person, how are they receiving us, and what will work for them. So is, so is that then, you know, you've got to think about that. Is that a, a thing we should be doing more visually? Does it also involve maybe listening more? Of course, listening obviously is absolutely vital in building rapport and uh, really deep listening is, is, is vital. And the system I work with looks at using visual cues to assess the type of person that you're engaging with. And those visual cues can give you a sense of how best to engage with that person. So, so I guess that by using that visual, those visual cues, it's something that you can do sort of very quickly. Because um, I guess in most situations, it's pretty impractical practical to meet people and say, and here's a profile, could you fill it out? <laughs> exactly. Um, I, gave a, I gave a presentation yesterday and there was a, a fellow in the room who was very, very taken by the fact that I could read the, the types of people in the room and for him it was very accurate and... I acknowledged that I had actually cheated by looking at a photo of him online and, and assessing his type before I even met him. And um, that, uh, that knocked him back a bit, that I could actually gain some insight into someone just from a photo. Oh, that makes a, a lot of sense. So is, is this a tool that people, you, you see these clairvoyants and things on the, <laughs> on, occasionally on the TV and... Uh audience is that is that something that they might do do you think interestingly enough um i've been researching this material for a long time and one of the sources for this material is the gypsies and it's my belief that when they were reading your palm they were also very cleverly assessing your type 
And so they were, they, there was information that wasn't only coming from, from the palm reading, shall we say. Um, there's nothing clairvoyant about it. It's simply observation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's, it's interesting when people who do really are very tuned into other people and are really observant of these kind of skills. Uh, sometimes if they've, you know, studied things like, uh, you know, your system, um, there's something I've been involved in, which is neurolinguistic programming, uh, they can assume that you've got some hidden powers that's, uh, <laughs> a bit, <laughs> that, uh, you know, other people don't necessarily possess and get a bit nervous. It, it, it's, it, it's funny you should say that, Chris. Quite often when I meet people, um, networking or at events and they ask me what I do and I say, well, I, you know, I, my expertise is in reading people. Nine times out of ten, they'll take a step backwards and go, <laughs> oh dear, oh no. And, um, I'll just, I'll, I'll say, well, it's too late. I've already, I've already got you. So, uh, you can relax. <laughs> Really worrying about some of the things that they don't want you to know about them. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Just how much can he read? <laughs> so, I mean, what things might you see or feel when someone's not generating rapport? Well, the most grating things that I notice are people using language that doesn't appeal to the type of person they're talking to. Um, a, a clear example is is something as simple as the word exciting. Now, for certain types, the word exciting is exciting. If you talk about a project or a process that is exciting, they're, they're interested. Another type is going to find something that's described as exciting to actually suggest to them that it's perhaps chaotic or that it might be uncomfortable and it may actually lead them to to, to subconsciously take a step away from from what's being proposed simply by using a word that for them has a different flavor to it mm. and do those split down by types or uh, as you say or can they be maybe that people have got a particularly bad association or a good association to a, tip, a typical word just because of their their past uh, well yes uh, i'm i'm using some quite broad brush strokes here but um if if i could basically each one of the six types that i work with i could give you four or five words that would appeal to one of the types and four or five words that would repel them or unsettle them and you would find that that would apply, you know, no matter what their history or experience, that, that those, those, those concepts create a response in them. And by finding the type of person you're dealing with and by using the sort of language and, and imagery that they are likely to respond to, it just makes communication so much easier and more fruitful. So, so this is not an exact science, but it is, it is using various cues to, to draw some rational conclusions. Exactly. And, and it's, it's, it's a way of, of avoiding unnecessary misunderstanding. So what, what do you think is the impact, therefore, on, you know, on business and success when people are not really attuned into each other and uh, using these kind of cues to enable them to build better rapport with others? 
I find that it can be very frustrating to observe a situation where um, someone has something to offer to a client and the client can benefit from what is being offered, but there is a gap in communication and the value is not communicated to the client. And that is frustrating when it's clear from the outside perspective that both parties would benefit by by working together and simply by finding ways to communicate that value then the the relationship can be fruitful or there can be there can be discord and things don't proceed and that can that can be frustrating so I, I guess a lot of decisions in business are actually made about around your ability to be able to get on well with somebody, aren't they? If, if, if it's if it's a pro, someone's looking to take you on to do a project or a piece of work or use you as a supplier, if they initially don't connect with you, then it could actually be the difference, couldn't it? It can be make or break. A, 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 a phrase, a sentence, or a concept can can make or break a project. Yeah. We're going to go to commercial break now, and uh, after the break, we'll find out more about this uh, about this sort of model, and then start to move into the different types. So you can start to maybe build a picture of maybe what, what's your profile and um, some of the people around you. You can probably start to put into some of these other categories, and then why not take this, this these concepts and ideas and, and test them? So we should be back uh, in just a couple of minutes. <music> When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you looking for innovative ideas on how to achieve your financial dreams? Tune in to Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday afternoon at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Join certified financial planners Ken Smith and Ethan Broga to learn how you can obtain financial success. You'll be entertained while you discover techniques to alleviate your financial concerns. Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchievable.com and CC1Consulting.com. They're the host of the Achiever program for um, entrepreneurs and also, obviously, the host of this show. And um, we had a slight, um, some slight little pops and crackles during the, the 
previous bits of the show. So John has assured me that he's moved his bowl of Rice Krispies away from the microphone. Hopefully it might be a little bit better. <laughs> so John, just quickly, I wondered what's, what's got, you, got you interested in um, this whole area of kind of rapport and uh, you know, creating this, this model? I've always been fascinated by human beings and what makes us tick and how we communicate with each other and how we don't communicate with each other. And when I lived in Arizona about 25 years ago, I was shown this model by a very wise man and became intrigued by it to the point where I actually researched it further. And the research was actually taking place in places like libraries and using using books, which uh, which was serious research back in those days before the internet. <laughs> so, so you said it's based on ancient wisdom. I mean, what what is the the background to it? Well, the idea is that each one of these six types is connected to a god or goddess of mythology, and also references a planet of the solar system. This is, to me, absolutely intriguing and makes no logical sense. And I found the more I researched this, the more references I found to it through, throughout history and even throughout the, 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 the English language itself. And I'm still intrigued by these connections. And, and the roots of this, this model are, are lost in history and yet can be found. So are you saying that the, the descriptions of the types, are you're not quite sure why they're called that? Is that what you're saying? I'm, I'm not quite sure where this originated. Right. And I'm also very intrigued by the fact that you can find more and more references and connections the further back you go and the more, the more you look for them. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, and once once we get into d- describing the types, um, the the um, the connections become more more apparent. So, so what I'm talking about will become clearer. So, so, so do you want to explain what the model is and how you? We can then talk about how you apply it. What what what, what is the model? How do the you basic want- model is that there are six six types, and each one of us is a combination of two types. And we observe type by, by looking at physical characteristics. We look at the physical body as an indicator of type. And each type has, has very specific tendencies that are in their hardware, as it were, that they're hardwired to respond in a certain ways to certain stimulants. And it's the physical observation that gives us a clue into the type so, so it, this hard wiring is that is that genetics? What, what is it? I, I believe it's genetic. Yes, I believe it's genetic, and it has been recognised and taught and spread through mythology, through oral history, through storytelling, and in the in the various ways that human beings communi- communicated with each other prior to the internet and. I guess many many years before that. I remember yes. re- remember reading a or hearing about sort of, sort of fascinating tale about how many many centuries ago uh, there was a lot of very wise people who were being persecuted in different countries, and because of the persecution and the burning of their libraries and things, a number of them got together, uh, believed to be somewhere in North Africa, and realised that some of their wisdom was being lost. So they 
put it into develop something which uh, was became called tarot cards and then they gave those the story is that they gave those to romany gypsies because they traveled and you know no weren't easy to persecute everywhere i, I don't know if there's any truth in that but uh, it was a fascinating story it, I, yeah, there, there are there are truths. There are ways of seeing humanity that have been hidden, and are hidden in many ways right in front of us. And 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 wisdom and knowledge is is preserved through various various different forms. So I know you you said to me that there's six types. Mm-hmm. So so what what are, what are those types? Just. Uh, Share the labels with us so we can get a bit of a context of the six, then we'll maybe ask you some questions about each of them. Sure. So, so the six types, each one is based on a planet or a, sat- or, 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 or a visible planet of our solar system. So Mars, Jupiter, the Moon, Venus, Mercury, and Saturn. Uh, each one of those is a type. Great. So why don't we start with the Mars type then? What's, uh, what, what are the physical characteristics of a Mars type? Okay. Um, before I launch into that, I, I just want to give a little sort of a, a sort of almost a teaser here. Uh, if you open up the dictionary and look up the word Marshall, which comes from Mars, you will read warlike, aggressive, likes a fight. And Mars in mythology was the god of war. So there is this connection historically and mythologically with Mars, war, fighting and conflict. And the Mars type, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to describe a very, very obvious Mars type. Your archetypal Mars type physically is going to have red or reddish hair. They're going to have uh, piercing blue or pale eyes. They're going to have a very stocky, robust build. And uh, they're going to have um, broad shoulders, a barrel chest, narrow hips and quite often bandy legs <laughs> and if they're if they're if they're caucasian uh, mars people have a lack of melanin in the skin which gives them freckles and a tendency to sunburn very easily so, so uh, i i could see that uh, i could picture that concept but what i'm sort of struggling to understand is is i, c- I can think of you know, men who look like that, but I can also think of um, men who've maybe got a lot of those characteristics, but are slim, or, and, and, and females who are, you know, got red hair, mm-hmm. piercing eyes, mm-hmm. but don't have broad shoulders. Right. Um, it's, if you, it's, it's, inter- it's always useful when you get into this to, to just look for very, very obvious examples of, of a specific type. So to give you just some pictures of, of a really obvious Mars type, um, the current James Bond is very Mars. He has the, 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 the structure, everything of a Mars, the reddish hair. Uh, the actress Judy Dench, Dame Judy, is is a great example of a Mars female. Uh, past president George Bush, George the Second, was a uh, very much a Mars type. And th- these are the this is the warrior type. They like things to be straightforward. They like things to be just clear, very much in black and white. Um, Steve Ballmer of Microsoft is another great example of a Mars. So, so do they do they originate from um, you know certain parts of the world originally? 
you do find a lot of Mars types in countries like Ireland, uh, in Scotland, and uh, in Germany. And there are, there are, because of the genetic side of this, yes, you do find parts of the world that are predominantly made up of Mars people. So, so how do we, so how, if, we, if we meet a Mars person, how do we best communicate with them? Um, get to the point. Um, keep things clear and simple. Keep things very much in black and white. Uh, be straightforward. And if it's uncomfortable to tell the truth to a Mars, go ahead and tell the truth. A Mars will prefer an uncomfortable truth to a, to a nicely packaged white lie. They have a strong, a strong relationship to honesty. If you are engaging with a Mars client and you are talking in terms of challenge, struggle, a fight, um, difficulty, they will actually respond positively to that sort of language because they like to have something to push against. They like to have very clear goals. It's uh, very, very interesting. I, I worked for a number of years with uh, with a company of that name, and uh, they were quite. Uh, I, I was recruited initially into sales, and I noticed myself feeling a little bit different to many of the other salespeople. And you know, they did have a reputation in those days, as a number of years ago now, of being very aggressive, assertive. You know, you would go and do a team building exercise or something with them, and people were fighting to, you know, shove, jostling to have a go at building the bridge or whatever you were doing. Yes. And uh, you know what they did realize while while I, while I was there was that actually, and they also needed some different styles of people as well. Um, to really be able to engage with the with the customer, so it, it's really bringing something home to me there. Mars <laughs> people in sales very much their very often their approach to the customer is that's the price. Do you want it or not? They're they they're, they're, they're um, Mars people aren't known for their subtlety or patience. So yes, yeah, so, and, and obviously sometimes I guess not so good at listening. This is very true because they just want to get on with things. What, what, they just want to get to the point and take action. So sitting and listening to them is, is, is wasting time. And I guess the interesting thing is, is other, other sort of personality types with, with that Mars profile might feel uncomfortable, as you say, raising the issue or maybe giving some feedback to a Mars characteristic. But what I've found from my experience is that often um, it, it's, it's not – it's not as painful that comment to them as it might be to you. Absolutely, absolutely. They, 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 it, there's a refreshing honesty with the Mars, and there's a lack of hypocrisy. So they they will give it out, but they will also take it. So, so is there anything else you want to say about Mars, or should we move on to Jupiter? Why not move on to Jupiter? Because we've got we've got six of them to get through. Fantastic. <laughs> we've, only, we've only got a few minutes till we go to commercial breaks. So I might have to cut cut you. I think no we've probably worries. got about three minutes, something like that. So, t- tell us about Jupiter. Jupiter was the king of the gods. The word by the word the phrase by Jove comes from Jupiter, and the word jovial in the dictionary means warm, cheerful, generous, open-hearted. And uh, jovial people tend to be big. They tend to be physically large and to carry weight, particularly around the chest and the chin area. They have a fleshy face and they often have a cheerful and regal demeanor. And they do not believe that less is more. Jovials are very clear that more is more. (laughs) 
Have you got some examples of people that... Oprah Winfrey is a marvellous example of a jovial. Um, there's there's a, a connection of between jovial and regality, and she's described as the the queen of television in the United States. And if you if you end up on her on her television show, it's it's you you've got a very good chance of success. It's as if you've been blessed by 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 royalty. Uh, another another great jovial is um, Alfred Hitchcock. Who, uh, who had his, his, his kingdom, his, his, his studio was very much his kingdom. And if we go back in history, we have Henry VIII, who was one of the, 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 the ultimate jovials of all time. I, I imagine him to be a, a fairly scary character, though. <laughs> was, was, he, was, he always, was he always generous and open and warm? Well, he had a touch of Mars to him, and it's a, it's a great way to see the how these types combine. So he combined Mars with 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 jovial. Oh, that makes sense because he had the red hair, didn't he? He certainly did, and he was a real warrior in his early days, and a very much a, a party animal in his in his later life. <laughs> yes, you wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of him. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, it's the classic, the classic regal phrase is off with their head. So if you, if you displease a jovial, they will essentially banish you from their kingdom. And what they don't like is discord. They like to be respected and they like a harmonious environment where people are cheerful and respectful. There's a sense of decorum around jovials. So to tell the unpleasant truth around a jovial is going to get a very difficult, very different response than telling an unpleasant truth to a Mars. And is that because they like the kingdom to be defined in their terms, of the, for their, their point of view? Yes, they, just, like, yes they, they like to be seen as, as ruling successfully in terms of everyone around them is getting on nicely. Hmm. So, 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 so a tendency to smooth over, maybe? Absolutely. Jovials make wonderful diplomats. Um, if you have an unhappy client and you can have a jovial engage with them, jovials are marvellous at asking the question, what would it take to make you happy? So how do we, we've got a couple of minutes left, how do we really communicate well with them? Um, listen to them. Jovials like to talk and they like to know that you've actually listened and they will very carefully pay attention to whether you have listened or not. If you haven't listened to them, they will have very little time for you. They like to be talked to in a respectful way, and they like to have their qualities recognised. There's a sense with jovials that they like to be seen as successful, and they like to be, to be well regarded. It's, 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 it's important to them. So, so I imagine things like praise, giving warm, positive feedback is important. Absolutely. Public, public positive feedback brings delight to a jovial. So if you, if you have a jovial employee and you intend to reward them, make as much noise about it as possible. Excellent. I imagine a negative public feedback probably makes an uh, a enemy for life, possibly. <laughs> um, negative feedback to a jovial needs to be done privately. Hmm. makes a lot of sense great well these these are really really interesting i'm looking forward to hearing about the next four after the commercial break we'll be back with you in just a couple of minutes
boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. What's really going on in Washington? Listen as two of Washington's most experienced insiders, Howard Marlowe and Michael Willis, divulge the strategies of the key players affecting legislation and policy matters every week on The Inner Loop. Unlike most talk shows, which feature hosts that have little to no experience working with the federal government, The Inner Loop is hosted by two professionals who actively work to influence federal policy on a daily basis. The Inner Loop is heard live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of bemoreachievemore.com and cc1consulting.com. And I'm talking with John Kramer. We're talking about instant rapport. And we've been through two of the types of uh, John's model um, around understanding people and people's styles. We've talked about Mars and we're now, we've talked about Jupiter, um, jovial Jupiter. And now we're going to talk about Luna. So tell us about Luna, John. Uh, Luna, obviously connected to the moon, the moon goddess, Diana or Luna, who was the goddess of secrecy, hunting and the not. And Luna people are physically quite slight, quite often quite slender, and the face is often roundish, sometimes with a weak or receding chin. And Luna people can sometimes even have a, a moonish face. We sometimes see people whose face is sort of almost moonish. The very noticeable thing about lunar people is that they don't like people looking at them. They don't like surprises and they don't like a lot of noise. They enjoy their privacy and they like to be in a very clear and defined space and structure. So chaos is very unappealing to a lunar and they are drawn to environments where they can work with precision and procedure. So, so that means they've got a, a high attention to detail, does that? Uh, lunar people have a phenomenal attention to detail, and they are able to very quickly find what is wrong or missing in a situation. And they are drawn to putting that right and correcting it. They have a compulsion almost to dot the I's and cross the T's. 
Um, I've always said if I ever need brain surgery or eye surgery, I'm going to have a lunar surgeon do the operation because um, I had my appendix removed by a Mars, and I, I don't want to repeat that experience. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, you don't often get the opportunity to choose your surgeon, do you? This is true, but I, I it, the, the, the wonderful thing about lunars is they are in an organisation. They are very often the quiet hero. They are the people that make sure things happen in the background quietly and without any drama. I guess what's interesting now we've been sort of talked about three of the models is that maybe what people who are listening to this might be starting to think is about is some of the profiles that they warm to and some of the profiles that they uh, are maybe, you know, maybe less like themselves uh, and might at times find frustrating. Absolutely. And, and uh, of all the six types, I have found the lunar type is the type that is most often um, uh, judged by other types and also can be taken for granted because it's assumed that they will just get on with things. So we often find that lunars are judged as being um, nerdy or geeky. And I, I, I gave a presentation recently, and I was describing the lunar type, and there was a Mars type in the room who immediately sat back in his chair and said, who'd want to be one of them? Um, in the typical unsubtle way that Mars expressed themselves. And there was a lunar fellow next to him who just said, I'm one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when we start to see how types see each other differently and how types experience things differently. Uh, and there's going to be merit and value in every single type, isn't there? Um, if, 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 if tomorrow all the lunars stopped working... Uh, the entire economy and the entire IT system of the of the whole world would collapse because they are the people that keep things running. And they are often overlooked until they become highly successful. A great example is Bill Gates is a lunar type. And um, as is Vladimir Putin, who was unknown until... All of a sudden, he was president of Russia. Mm. Yes, I, I guess we'd have nobody looking at, uh, as well, handling accounts and finances, probably, and uh, I guess legal would bite sit in there as well, perhaps. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, All of the detail would be, would be, would be just abandoned if Lunas were to stop working. Uh, would, for some people, that would seem joyful for a short while. <laughs> For a short while, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we best communicate with a lunar? Um, well, as I mentioned earlier, the word exciting does not appeal to a lunar. The word high profile or visibility does not appeal to a lunar. Lunars respond to procedure, to structure, to um, peace and quiet, to privacy and to, to harmony. So when, when working or engaging with a lunar, patience is absolutely vital and, and clarity and never, ever pushing them. Lunars do not like to be pushed. Yeah. And I guess they like to be listened to. Absolutely. All types, to make. all types like to be listened to. And again, lunars are the type that most often don't get listened to because they don't like the spotlight and their voice is often quiet, both literally and metaphorically. 
So they will say very often what the what, what a lunar person contributes to a conversation is absolutely priceless and precise and valuable and gets trampled on. So listen to the lunars. Definitely. Great. So how about the, the Venus? Venus people. So Venus mythologically was the goddess of love and uh, is always depicted as a, a, a voluptuous female with children by her side. This is the goddess of love, nurturing, and child-raising. And Venus people have this affinity for taking care of people that's just natural to them. Your archetypal Venus is going to have thick, dark hair, lots of it. They're going to have uh, big brown eyes, fleshy lips, and they are going to carry weight around their hips and thighs. They will also tend to be very slow-moving. Venus people are never in a hurry. So if you go to a, a, a country where they have a siesta or a manana philosophy, these are, these are Venus countries. Uh, Mexico, for example, of a Venus country. That's interesting. So um, is it more, more sort of Southern European? and Absolutely. Absolutely, the Mediterranean and particularly places like Hawaii or Tahiti. I mean, when you get off the plane in Hawaii, they put flowers around your neck and they kiss you on the cheek. Um, I flew into Chicago earlier this year. No one put flowers around my neck. It just doesn't happen. It only happens in a Venus country that you feel so welcomed. Yeah, very, very true. And, 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 and how would you... How do these people like being communicated to? What's the obviously they're warm and you know affectionate there is, and friendly. There is a, a there is one word that um, Venus people respond to, but more than more, more than any other type, and pro- possibly more than any other word, and that is the word we. Venus people are very much connected to the idea of community, of team, organisation, family, and they're not pushy people they are they tend to be more much more supportive and work in the background so if you're engaging with the venus and you are talking in terms of the team or the department or the organization we then you're much likely more likely that they're going to be interested and intrigued and in fact if you are looking to push them forward or put them in a position where they're more highly visible, they're often more reluctant to do that. So a bit, a bit like Luna from that perspective. Yes. Reluctant. And, and just looking at those, therefore those profiles that you talked about, the Mars type and the Jupiter, I'm imagining that Mars and Jupiter are probably a bit more I. Absolutely. And Absolutely. How, about, how about Luna? Um, they're, they're again much more eye oriented, much more, much more sort of one, one, one step back from the rest of the circulation. Whereas, whereas Venus, it's, it's, it's very much we. What are we doing? What do we want to do? It can be really interesting if you have a Venus friend, and this is, this is great fun. If you have a Venus friend, ask them what they want to do. So if you say, okay, it's Friday night, let's do something, what do you want to do? And you can watch their thought process, which is they're asking themselves the question, what do they want me to want to do? Yes. So they have a very, very automatic tendency to put the other person first. 
Yes. That makes that makes sense. So how about we've got three minutes before we go to commercial break. So how about uh, Mercury? Well, it's good that we've only got three minutes to cover Mercury because they are the fastest moving type. Venus is slow. Mercury are fast. So Mercury is the god of commerce, communication, travel, and thieves. And <laughs> the, the, the word merchandise, marketing, mercredi, as in market day in France, all come from the word Mercury. And if you look up the word mercurial in the dictionary, it means quick, changeable, uh, uh, fickle, fast-moving. Mercury people have dark hair, flashing dark eyes, good cheekbones, a, a, a radiant smile, and they tend to have a sprinter's or a swimmer's physique. So they'll have a V-shaped chest and a wiry, a wiry body that's built for action. And Mercury's like to get noticed. They know how to sculpt and manage human attention. So they'll make a dramatic entrance, they'll be fashionably late, and they love, absolutely love, to wheel and deal. So in many ways, when a Mercury enters a room, they're on stage. And they are, they're moving, they're shaking, handing out business cards, and a networking event to them is just heavenly. Whereas a networking event to a lunar is not heavenly. It's, it's a punishment. <laughs> exactly. Um, Mercury's make wonderful salespeople. They have the ability to influence, to inspire, to create new ideas. Mercury's can make connections that no other types make because they think so quickly. Their thought processes are remarkable. And I've personally spent time with Mercury's just to find out how they think. And, and we've only got about a minute now, but how do we best communicate with them? Um, normally, you have to wait about half an hour until they stop talking. And words that appeal to them are cutting edge, high profile, and if they can get the sense that they're getting somehow an unfair advantage or an exclusive deal... They, they like that feeling. They like to feel that they're sort of, uh, they like to be, sail a bit close to the wind. They like a bit of excitement. A uh, great example of a famous Mercury is uh, uh, President Obama. Uh, the, 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 his communication skills are absolutely phenomenal. And they are natural to him. Mm. He's, he's needed them over the last week. He certainly has. He's, he's come, done well. He he know that he knows how to communicate. There's no question about it. So on that note, we're going to move um, into a very short commercial break, and then we're going to come back and talk about Saturn, and then uh, sort of bring these things together. So we're back with you again in just a, a minute. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the bottom line of business talk, 
Voice America Business. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of bemoreachievemore.com and cc1consulting.com. And uh, just to let you know that uh, I am um, I'm opening the doors to new um, people um, to join my Achiever program. If you're interested in finding out more about that, then do send me an email to chris at bemoreachievemore.com. Um, the people who've been on it over the last couple of years have really benefited from it. So excited to uh, d- d- talk about that with you one-to-one. I'll, I'm happy to do a, a sort of free online uh, Skype consultation to see if that's something that would be suitable for you. Um, so John and I were chatting about the um, five, five different profiles we covered out of six, and uh, which I've really enjoyed learning about. So let's um, let's talk about um, Saturn, John. Yes. Well, I'm sorry. Before we do that, sorry, John. We didn't we didn't talk about how to communicate with the Mercury, did we? Um, how to communicate with with the Mercury is to normally you're going to expect to listen to them for about thirty minutes until they calm down, and also in order to influence the Mercury, the best way to do it is to plant a couple of seeds sit back and listen for a bit longer and then um, let them think that that whatever you have uh, come up with is their idea and then you're in rapport with them. Great great, great idea. (laughs) (laughs) Mercury's, Mercury's love to feel it's their idea. It's, uh, I I love that working with, like you, like I'm sure yourself, when you're mentoring with people and you, you've seen something that's very important for them, just sort of planting the seed. And, and I think it's sometimes it's wonderful when they come out and say, "Yeah, the idea I've just got from that," and and they talk about it as being their idea. And for me, that's success. That, absolutely. One, one of the one of the challenges when communicating with Mercury is that they have a tendency to be suspicious. Um, because they're thinking so quickly and often looking at different angles, they naturally assume that everyone else is doing that, so that everyone else is trying to get one over on them. So building a relationship with the Mercury, even though they communicate quickly and they very quickly tap into how to talk to you, to actually develop a relationship and build trust is a long process. It's surprising how quickly they communicate and yet how long it takes to build Build, to build deeper trust. I guess I'm thinking about a Mercury at the moment who I guess has been, he's been tremendous over time. He was, he's a real great advocate for what I do. Um, however, it took quite a while 
to get there. And, and I wonder when, if you're selling to a Mercury, whether um, you've got to be prepared to maybe see them a number of times and, and, and for it to take a while for them to get you. But when they get you, they're then very loyal. Would that be? I, I was, that, that's absolutely accurate. It, it takes it takes while what, what a Mercury needs paradoxically because they can often be very inconsistent. What they need and what they're looking for is consistency in the other person, and that's how they that's how they can then calm down and begin to relax and trust you. Excellent. So I'm um, mindful of time. I'd love to talk yes. about Saturn. Tell us tell us about Saturn. Saturn was the god who taught agriculture and governance to the Romans. And the word Saturnine means disciplined, grey, limiting, ascetic and dour. And Saturn people tend to be tall. They tend to be six foot tall or thereabouts. And their faces tend to be long and narrow. Chests are bony and the arms and legs are also long. Um, In our current... In our current world, in the media, it's sort of been decided that uh, supermodels are all supposed to be Saturns. So, so women are supposed to look like this. Tall and bony is, is the current ideal. Uh, Saturn people like to take their time. They like to take a long view of situations and they like to digest things slowly. So what a Saturn likes to do is gather information, to ponder the information, and to weigh things up very carefully and deliberately before making a decision. Once that decision is made, it's pretty well final, and they will be the one making it. Uh, we, we look to Saturns quite often for guidance or wisdom. Uh, which is why they can make marvellous coaches and consultants because of this ability they have because they are sometimes almost metaphorically taller. It's like they can see further than the other types. They, they, they've, just, they've just got a bit of a longer view, and they know how things should be done. Excellent. John, we've only got about another minute or two. The time suddenly suddenly uh-huh. come uh, along quite quickly. Enjoying the conversation so much. How do we communicate with them best? With the Saturn, um, slowly, deliberately, give them the facts and allow them to take their own time in making a decision, however long that will take. And if it's every now and then, they might need a little bit of a nudge, but it needs to be a little nudge and not a push. Fantastic. Now, I've been we're, – we're chatting in the break, John, with me about how maybe people could get – a bit more of a sort of sense of this and uh, one of the things that you said you're going to will do is write a um, pull a page together so what we'll do is we'll put a page on on the be more cheap more.com website i'll probably put it into a blog post uh, where there'll be information um, around this if you want to you know do a bit more thinking and i don't know john i'm just sort of listening to this and, and wondering you know maybe for people if they if, if they try and identify who they are Mm-hmm. And then maybe maybe take um, the different profiles and maybe sort of categorize some of the people that are important to them in their life and try and categorize them and have a think about uh, then maybe best how they communicate with each of those styles. Would that be a good exercise, do you think? Absolutely. Um, very often when I give a presentation, the people in the room will start thinking about their, their immediate family and recognize that there are ways that they can defuse some of the conflicts that are just automatic and, and, and find new ways to communicate. So, yes, 
check out your own type and then check out the type of the people who are close to you and just just see if this fits excellent so would that be is that the key message you'd like to leave people with or yeah the key i guess the key message would be just um get a sense of your own type and get a sense of the type of the person you're engaging with and then respond accordingly john it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show i found the conversation and the, the content that you've shared really insightful so i hope our listeners are please do send in your comments to info at bemoreachievemore.com or chris at bemoreachievemore.com i'll share those with john if you want to find out more information about john go to www.johnkramer that's uh, john c-e-c-r-e-m-e-r.co.uk you can also find his book um, in reading people in amazon amazon.co.uk and, and amazon.com on next week's show i'll be talking with former british olympian commonwealth and world championship swimmer uh, Chris Cook and also he's, he's a double Commonwealth champion and also his sports psychologist Simon Hartley about how to become world class and we'll be talking about one particular adjustment in mindset that enabled him to turn transform from a swimmer with no signs of success into a champion and we'll be discussing how we can apply that uh, within uh, your business. If you have any questions or feedback please send them to Chris at BeMoreAchievemore.com. Leave them on the Facebook page Facebook.com slash BeMoreAchievemore John Kramer, thank you very very much. I hope you've enjoyed being on the show. Very much, Chris. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Have a fantastic week. We thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.